Hi, I'm Danny Howe from Ray Gonzalez, and this is my chapter of As the Story Grows. Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, we welcome Daniel Howe from Raygun Solace and the Natural 20s to the podcast. I mentioned to Rob Froze from Friend Club how much I like the Raygun record, and he suggested chatting with Danny. Danny and I talked the day before the election, so politics was on the brain. Danny talks about his musical background, the anxiety from the 2016 election that led to him writing Reagan Zealous and the musical projects he hopes to release in 2021. Huge thanks to Rob and Dan at Friend Club for getting Reagan Zealous to listeners, and to Rob for getting me in touch with Danny. This was a lot of fun. On Patreon, probably next week, we're breaking down Norma Jean's discography. With Thanksgiving being tomorrow, I will most likely not rush and put this online this week. So I hope everyone has a great and safe Thanksgiving. Wear a mask, keep six feet apart, wash your hands etc etc you know what to do enjoy this week's chat with danny howe from Reagan solace i remember the stupid things i did in my youth i would turn into a superman just to clean my triumphant again Is that what's happening here Yeah, it's definitely the the least fun thing that I've ever done with my life. Well, I can't I can't I've been divorced once, so I can't, uh, I can't say yeah. <laughs> One of the the least fun things I've ever done in my life is teaching remotely. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing today? Uh I'm. <laughs> I think everybody uh, in the country is a little stressed right now, and I'm. I'm with them. Little, little bit on edge, you know. I don't. I don't know why. Uh, no, I know why. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's absolutely a feeling like that. This is like either, like we have a chance to like maybe not drive over the edge of a cliff, or we're just, we're just going full, full throttle. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels for for me at least. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Four years ago, I was doing a podcast like this, and we were like live tracking results. And as early on, everybody was super hyped, and it, like I had a whole bottle of Jameson, and it was gone by the end of the recording. <laughs> and it's just like, well, fuck, we did that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't drink that much, but there was there, there were a lot of emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, good times good times man well i'm glad uh we can make this work not yeah, good times it's terrible times but yeah um, hopefully better times hopefully better times talking to you good times talking to you 
Where Where are you currently right now? Out on the West Coast? Yeah, I'm uh, Southern California. That's cool. Is that where you grew up? Uh, I actually started out uh, in Maryland. Oh. So the exact opposite. Uh, but I've been out here since... God, like 98. Cool. Yeah. Where in Maryland? Uh, just kind of like a little isolated area outside of Annapolis. Gotcha. I, I'm from Gaithersburg. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Small small world. Small world. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Was was it a family move that took you to California? Or? Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my family's kind of weird and splintered, but uh, uh, moved with my mom out here. And then uh, once I finished with high school, she ended up moving back and I stayed out here for college. And it was just like, I don't need to go anywhere else. Yeah, like I'll I'll visit other places, but I don't want to deal with with blizzards and <laughs> hurricanes. Like people people are afraid of like earthquakes and stuff, but like I sleep through more than half of them. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, and then it's over. It's not like a week of your life gone. <laughs> <laughs> for for sure, man. For sure. Yeah. What got you into music? I have. Uh, I'm from a very kind of musical family. Um, like my grandmother was like a performer on Broadway back in the day, uh, and then she was a music teacher, so she taught all of her seven children to be musicians and insisted on that. And then my mom passed that on to me, so that was kind of like my, my whole life has just been like you're gonna play music and you're gonna sing and you're gonna have instruments, uh, and then eventually I got into like playing rock and roll and things like that, and that's when everyone was like, well, maybe you should stop. <laughs> maybe, maybe not that <laughs> was was there a band or a specific scene that uh really hooked you uh yeah i have absolutely no shame in saying that i heard the the third eye blind self-titled like it was actually just the single like semi-charm life completely over my head when it's it a came great out. song it's a, it's a great song Although some people disagree, but I I, I <laughs> love that song. But I, it was completely over my head that it was about like drugs and, and other right. things. And I was just like, I was just like, you know, my life is kind of semi charmed. Like this is <laughs> like I get it. Uh, but then that that whole that whole album just really resonated with me. And then I was really into like that that alternative scene, Foo Fighters and Semisonic and uh, kind of. You know, nothing too, nothing too heavy, nothing too screamy. Uh, until I got into like a little bit of pop punk with like the Ataris and things like that. But it was always like the really sugary stuff. Yeah. And and then like the Get Up Kids got their hooks into me, and then I was emo for life. Like, <laughs> like, oh, like, which which record? Something to write home about or Four Minute Mile? Uh, it was, it was stuff off, I mean, this was back in, like, the Napster days, when you would just get, like, random yeah. songs. Oh, yeah. It was, like, the first record that I actually owned was something to write home about, which is still, I think, my favorite record of all time, that yeah. I just, I, I can look at it, and I realize, like, this is not the, the greatest record, but for me, this is my greatest record, and I can yeah. listen to any, any moment of any day. Uh, but it was like stuff from their whole whole career. I even had like a bunch of like weird live tracks from their tours in Europe with MXPX, and I just I've never been able to find them again. So oh, that's pretty, so weird. Yeah, yeah. Napster had some weird stuff. Oh, totally. It was a it was a, a beautiful time. 
it was it was beautiful but i i mentioned this on various podcasts napster is a moment where i realized how much i hate digital music because it ruined the zeo self-titled record for me because i had all the songs because that album was delayed and when it came out i was like oh, who cares and i was like oh i love zeo i love that album but when it came out i was like well who cares i already have the songs <laughs> i guess that's fair I kind of had this like philosophy. I was like, I mean, Napster for me was I was in high school and I had no money um, of my own. I'm not yeah. gonna say that I was like a poor family or something. <laughs> I'm a middle class. I'm, I'm I'll claim that. Uh, but I like had this rule for myself. Like once I downloaded like three or four songs off an album and I and I like them, like I will stop doing it until I buy that record because I wanted to like somehow feel like I was supporting the bands and, and not just stealing all their stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I, then I started listening to so much music that, that I just could not afford that anymore. And then, yeah. then uh, now I have all these like records that, that if I ever find them, like they don't sound like they're in the right order because I never knew what order the songs were in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, it was like alphabetical for me. And I'm just like, <laughs> this song doesn't go together. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's terrible. It's like the or like, opposite of my experience. Or like, uh, like I remember the first time I always thought the beginning to like the Get Up Kids song "I'll Catch You." I always yeah. thought that was so weird. Why is there this huge guitar hit right on the out of nowhere? We <laughs> got the album, and it's the end of yeah of home, and I'm like, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> that MP3 was lying to me. Get it now. <laughs> Albums oh, can be cohesive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. That's wow. hilarious. Did you start playing in bands at that time then? Um, not really. Like I, I had some friends. I was in the marching band because that's that's how cool I was. And we would like every once in a while get together at somebody's house and they had like cheap versions of all the rock instruments. They had like crappy drum set and a squire guitar and some random bass. And we would like make noises on them, but nobody really knew what they were doing. Yeah. Every time that we got together, we would redecide who's going to do what instrument because we'd be like, "Well, you're sounding better on bass today. You're going to be the bass player." And then <laughs> it would just. Um, it wasn't until I was in college, I, I didn't even know how to play guitar, and I just i i auditioned to be in this random kind of punk hardcore band, which I really had no business doing. I just. <laughs> I wanted to be in something. Yeah. Uh, and they were telling me, like, we're, we're like, Lagwagon and Thrice and, and, and no effects. And I'm like, I have no idea who those are, but I'll be in your band. Uh, and then, like, three months into that, they were just like, we really need another guitar player, and we don't know anybody else, so you have to learn guitar. And I, like, had to pick it up, like, in, in a month. <laughs> wow. I learned how to do that. So it's kind of been, like, a, a weird a weird journey where I've just kind of done whatever I need to do. And now I kind of just do what I feel like. Yeah. Did your, did your musical upbringing and then time in like marching band help you pick up guitar any easier? Or? I think it did. Yeah. I, think I, played, I played violin from like time I was five to 16. So my fingers, like it's not the same at all. I'm not going to yeah. make that claim, but my fingers just like strings make sense to them. Yeah. Like, Oh, like, this finger here, that finger there, and they move around and they stay on the strings. They don't fall off. Like that, that makes sense to me. Like 
very, very easily. So I think I was very lucky or blessed or, or however you want to put it going in that direction. Um, yeah, definitely. That's cool. From, from like having to pick up guitar to play in this hardcore punk band, uh, did you have a musical trajectory and was that something you wanted to pursue for a while yeah like that that hardcore punk band kind of evolved um both from me being really bullheaded and like insisting on what i want to do but also other people getting into different kind of music kind of became more of like a, a post hardcore emo at the drive-in sparta kind of thing uh which okay. was a lot more fun and yeah. and we we thought we were going to be able to like if we just keep playing these in our in our garage and then keep playing these crappy gigs like we're definitely going to go somewhere and uh we were obviously incredibly stupid because yeah. <laughs> uh, the the one thing that we we never wanted to do was any kind of like networking or talking to other human beings or like any of the things that like probably actually matter more than whether or not you can play your instruments or write right. music. Right. And, and I still, I still struggle with that side of it. And I'm like, I'm not very, not necessarily very good at that, that part of it. Yeah. Were there other bands following that one? Yeah, I've done a, I've done a, a lot of stuff. Um, so after that band, which never really, we, we had, a ton of music. We always talk about our first album is going to have to be like a double LP because we have we have so much, uh, <laughs> and it was all and like none of it is filler. It's all really good. And I'm I'm not trying to be egotistical, but like I think I was right because I look back at those songs. I'm like those actually were really freaking good songs. <laughs> but we never did anything with it. Uh, and then I was in this moderately popular quote unquote like actually got out of the state and toured and, and did things. Um, kind of poppy indie band called the lyrics game okay uh and that was a lot of fun we did that for a while and that was more along lines of we're gonna take this as far as we can go but we know we're not actually gonna go anywhere real with it we're just want to make music and make records and have fun um so we actually put out some music with that and then i've been doing after that i've been doing a lot of solo stuff uh i got involved with a band called the natural 20s uh, which is also on the whole friends club uh, roster. Yeah, that's cool. What made you decide to pursue uh, solo material? Uh, I, I think that falls into the the category of like just doing what has to be done. Like when when the lyrics game broke up, just everybody went their separate ways. Some people might have hated each other, uh, yeah. but. But nobody really wanted to do anything. Um, and so I, I kind of, if I don't have something going on musically, I start to go like just a little bit stir crazy because I need to be like writing and, and playing and performing and, and exercising my demons through all that. Yeah. Um, or, or else I just, I, I just internally, I become a shittier person. Yeah. Like I think I don't think I'm bad to other people. Maybe my yeah. wife would disagree, but like <laughs> internally, I just feel like I hate everybody and I I don't feel like a good person. So, uh, it's it's just it's just a part of who I am, and I kind of have to do it. Gotcha. Have you always gone under the uh, the name 
Raygun Solus? Uh, at the time that I started doing it, I was listening to it and still listening to a lot of um, a lot of like Mike Kinsella stuff. And just something really resonated like, oh, when he plays solo, he just calls himself Owen. And that's really confusing to everybody. I want to do that, too. So I, I <laughs> and then I decided to take it a step further. <laughs> that's awesome. Where did that name come from? So I, I, I'm, I'm uh, even before I was a dad, I, I am all about like stupid humor and, and what they might call dad jokes. So I just really love the idea of, of wordplay and things that that sound like something else. So, you know, for those who haven't figured it out, Ray Gun Solace, you know, not only sounds like that peace of mind you get when you hold a Ray Gun, but it sounds like Ray Gonzalez. Yeah. And I, I loved the idea of people getting confused, which is a terrible <laughs> business, business practice, right? That people are going to be running around going, Ray Gonzalez? Like, no, Ray Gonzalez. What? Uh, but, but to me, it was just fun. So I'm doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I would ask how you got hooked up with Rob and Dan and Friend Club, but I, I mean, all the bands kind of came through uh, Midwest Emo posting. It's kind of uh, the legend now, right? I would assume that holds true for you. <laughs> it's actually totally different for me. Oh, okay. No, it's, it's actually not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, <laughs> You're like, no, we're lifelong fr- best friends. <laughs> But I mean, we're not. We're, we're really yeah. all. I met all of those people recently, but a lot of times it, it feels like it's now been an eternity. Um, because just I, as I'm sure everyone else is, has told you, and I've heard on, on some of the podcast things, like it's just having that kind of community of people who are into the same stuff, and you can finally, like, I mean, I can talk to my wife about emo music. Right, but it just it's it's in one ear, out one other ear, and that's not because she doesn't listen. It's just because she doesn't give a shit. And um, but having like other people that like, oh, do you know about like this like obscure vagrant band that like only did like two albums and no one heard the second one? And like, yeah, I have that. <laughs> like, yeah, like there's there's something special about that. Nobody talks about boxer, and they should. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel really dumb because I don't even think I know boxer. Oh, they're. One of the early vagrant bands. Uh, okay. Yeah. My my mind was going for Audio Learning Center, uh-huh. which was that was one of my faves back in the day. I know your time. You think that you will never get your way, so you just walk. Thought that no, cannon and master voice. You're an adult. So make a hard choice. Come on, get real, you were there. We were counting on you. you So, you put out this record earlier this year. I imagine it's been in the works called Reagan Zealous. And I mentioned this in Messenger. I I just had it on in the background. I don't even know what I was doing. Um, And that line on the first track, you're an adult, so make a hard choice. And I just, I went, oh. I, okay, I'm going to stop and rewind and go find the lyrics and read along the lyrics while I listen to this record because here's somebody with something to say. Uh, talk to me about this record. It's it's, uh, it's maybe a little political. <laughs> <laughs> a little. A little. A little. Um, a little bit. Yeah. So I had... 
so it goes it goes back far like when I first started messing around with the the idea of having like a solo project, you know, Reagan Solace. And I had like convinced myself, like, I'm gonna put out so many records with this name, and I want every single record to sound also like the title of the band and also be confusing so that no one can <laughs> can talk about it. And so I'd had this idea like way back then. This is like two thousand Maybe like 2011, 2012. Like one day, I'm gonna have to to like write a serious political record and call it Reagan Zealous, so that people are gonna like, you know, because people are of course gonna be talking about my discography in the future. They won't, but in my mind, like, wouldn't it be funny if they were talking about it and they'll be like, well, which one did you like? I liked Reagan Zealous. Well, I liked Reagan Zealous. Well, I liked Reagan Zealous. Like, wait, which which album do we actually like? Um. Again, this is like a terrible business plan if you want to be if you want to be uh, a professional musician and like and actually sell records. But since I know that's never going to really happen, I don't care. Right. Um, but but so it always been on the back burner. Like one day, one day I'll, I'll, I'll write a I'll write a political record because um, that's never really been my my thing. I'm I'm yeah. much more the like I'm going to talk about my emotions and stories from my life. And and you know Midwest emo, Midwest emo, more more Midwest emo. Yeah. Uh, and so after the, I think the really traumatic experience for many of us of the 2016 election, it, it kind of you know I had a lot of I had a lot of feelings about that. Yeah. And it started dawning on me that I could write something that still feels in my wheelhouse. Of, of being about emotions and stories and feelings, but also have a connection to like politics. And I started having delusions of grandeur. Like I'm going to write, I'm going to write the next, you know, Bob Dylan record that people actually <laughs> like care about. Um, and so that was kind of where I started, started from is that I wanted the whole record to be about what I was feeling and what I was hearing and what I was experiencing kind of right after and leading up to the inauguration. Um, and so you do get, as you, as you listen to it, sometimes it's contradictory because I'm, I'm like, literally, I was just going back and forth between all, all different kinds of panics that I could have yeah. <laughs> about that and, and, and trying to make sense of it all. Um, and then that record was recorded throughout, like, early 2017, and then it ended up just kind of sitting around, not doing anything, yeah. until 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 we released it this year. Well, you didn't have any plans of, of putting it on Bandcamp yourself or trying to. Uh, so I had I had this idea. Uh, a friend of mine, also named Daniel, but not me, and also not the Daniel associated with Friend Club Records, because this was you know a long time ago. Uh, we had done this kind of big charity show and we thought it was really cool to like get all these bands together and we'll put out a compilation and we'll do this we'll do this event and we raised a bunch of money for and I'm going to totally butcher it cuz I always get get it wrong but it was the the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention or Federation or so, something for suicide prevention. Yeah. Um and we like raised a couple thousand dollars for them putting on a on a show and we we got it into our heads like okay so we're going to like not be a record label, but be like a promotional thing 
that will help bands put stuff out and get attention for them if they're willing to donate like the money to charity. And we don't even care what the charity is, but it has to be like something they care about. Yeah. Uh, and then, and the idea was that that this record would be like the first one that we that we put out. And then once the record was finished, we realized we really had no idea how to do any of the stuff that we were thinking we were going to do, and that we also had set ourselves up with a plan of let's let's create a I guess not a business but a model of a, an organization that does all the kinds of things we hate doing and are not good at because we're gonna have to talk to people and try to promote things and get it like do PR work. Yeah. Which again, it's like the one part of music that I suck at. Yeah. So, and then I saw a bunch like a, sh- a bunch of shiny things and we totally just forgot about doing it. Um, and it became this kind of this whole like, well, now the moment's gone, and uh, I don't know if anybody's going to care about a record about the 2016 election. And like, I'll put it out one day, but uh, I'm going to do really concentrate on Natural Twenties uh, and putting out records with them. Uh, and then when Friends Club like kind of came about, and they're looking for for releases, I talked to Rob about it. And it was just feeling more and more that, you know, now we're now we're almost at, we're in 220, 2020, sorry, and we're about to have this re- election again. We're having all the same arguments. We're having yeah. all the same discussions. We're having all of the same. All, it, it suddenly, it just felt entirely fresh and entirely relevant to what was going on today, which is, I will tell you, absolutely one hundred percent terrifying to me. Yeah. That in four years, we haven't figured out anything. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm really proud of the record. I really I really enjoy it. I really hope other people enjoy it. But I, I at the same time, like, I hear it and I'm like, like, none of this should be relevant right now. This should all feel like old stuff that doesn't matter anymore. And we're still freaking talking about it. And that, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been stressful to say yeah. the least. And it's like, it's like every songwriter thinks about like I want to write something timeless and I want things that I want to be enduring. And it was like I'm just like, but not these five songs. <laughs> I don't want these five songs to be the thing that's relevant forever. Please, God, no. <laughs> Right, right. Like the Donald with three Ks, that that can be irrelevant starting tomorrow. <laughs> Please, please let that be the case. <laughs> put it, put it, put put it behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a Black Lives Matter shirt, and I'm just like, <laughs> one day, one day, I'm not gonna put this on because we won't need to anymore. One day, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so.
We, you've uh, mentioned mentioned the Natural Twenties a few times. You guys have a song, "Song for an Emo Comp," that is on the On Second Thought compilation on Friend Club Records. How'd you get involved with Natural Twenties? So that was, uh, it was while I I had just finished up the first Reagan Solace um, record, and. I had like thought about maybe putting together a band and like trying to tour that. And then I got really, really sick of trying to find people on Craigslist because that is like just, just the worst. Um, and while I was looking for that, for people, I saw an ad for that was put out by some of the guys in natural twenties and they were looking for a bass player, which is like the my least favorite thing to do, or at least was was at the time. It was the time my least favorite thing to do, but I kind of they the the people they were talking about their influences and what they were going for were all things that I was that resonate with me that I love. It was like Sunny Day Real Estate, Mineral. Um, there were, there were probably some other like seminal '90s bands, Hot Water Music. I think was on there, and I was just like, okay, nobody's talking about these bands in my life because this is before Friends. Uh, this is before emo posting. Yeah. Uh, and all they want is a bass player. I could probably do that in my sleep. So it's not really going to like conflict with my, my, my solo ego project. Uh, and so the, the, my kind of idea was this will just be something that I do for fun. And then about uh, like the third week into it, they were like, yeah, you should be singing in this band too. <laughs> so I ended up doing like half half the vocals and and I I, I kind of really instantly fell in love with those guys. Uh yeah. and it, it just became something very very all consuming and it was the main reason why kind of Reagan's the Reagan Solace moniker did get retired but just stopped kind of getting any attention from me. Uh, because it's it's just more fun to to play in a band and and do stuff like that, yeah. and rather than like me hunting down four or five people who will just do exactly what I say. Like way easier to just go in a room with with three other guys that have their own opinions, and we can just write write cool music. Yeah. Cool man. Well, outside of uh, a new president elect, uh, <laughs> what what? <laughs> What what are you what are you hoping for? I mean, twenty twenty has been the weird, nightmarish year for a lot of people. On top of like four years that have been crazy, and um, I mean, mu- musically or or just anything else. What's your hopes for like next year and what's to come? Uh, I I mean, number one, I I hope I can just make it through the next like couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for those who are are listening in the future, like this is. <laughs> This is the night before election day. <laughs> yeah. And just all day I've been stressed out. I know all tomorrow I'm going to be stressed out. Uh, and then the looks of it probably be stressed out for another couple days. Uh, so number one, I'm hoping to survive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just not, not lose my mind. Um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a school teacher. I'm a music teacher. So I'm hoping maybe sometime in 2021 I can actually see my students face to face. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be it'd be really something, uh, and I've I've got some some music stuff in the in the works. Uh, you know, this whole Reagan Solis record is, I mean, it just came out. It's a lot of fun. I, I love. I'm glad that people are enjoying it, but it's also you know for, me, for you. Yeah, it's it's you know four years old. So I've got another record about 
written and now it's like the process of like okay recording it and going through my my creative process of how i how i craft an actual finished thing yeah um and i'm trying to make it something that's a little more collaborative the the past two records have been just me locked in a room uh, and then that's it and then whatever i'm going to do it's going to be done by me uh, i'm trying to do like the whole covid collaboration kind of thing <laughs> yeah. with 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 other people uh probably probably all people involved with friends club um to do other things to have like a a much better drum set player than i am like actually make like a full band sound yeah. for the next record so that's that's a big thing that I, i'm trying to get done whenever i get done i, I hate was, deadlines yeah like uh, I'll go really nerdy and say sometimes when I'm when I'm writing and recording I feel like George R R Martin is <laughs> for those who don't get that joke he takes a long time to write <laughs> to write his damn books and whenever he set and whenever he sets a deadline he will miss it by by years <laughs> so I'm doing I'm doing that and uh, I have a new project that I've I've kind of put together uh, with some of the guys from the 20s where we're trying something different um so no timetable on when any of the stuff actually gets done but like it'd be nice if if i had two records out in 2021 Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening.